Hi guys and welcome to a new episode of The Mexican Gypsy. I'm Irani, your host. Um, today I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about um, why are we so afraid to be alone? Oh my god, why is this like everybody's biggest fear? <laughs> um, this has actually been the theme um, for a lot of my talks the past um, two weeks with people. Um, uh, I've been getting a lot of messages and just people kind of reaching out to me because um, they relate to my story or my struggle. And a lot of... Um, the talks that I've had um, have to do with uh, being alone, feeling lonely and not knowing what to do in that loneliness. So I wanted to open up and share um, what being alone has done for me. So um, let me give you a little bit of uh, background as to... <clears throat> why i i why i discovered that i feared being alone um so you kind of understand and maybe see yourself in my pattern um especially if you uh come from my from what i call a a from what society calls a broken home um so i think i had a pretty healthy life um in my early years, um, I can only speak for myself. Um, this, this is my truth. My siblings and my mom might have their own truth. And this is kind of the short version because I want to respect, um, my siblings and my mom. And I don't want to go into a lot of detail and a lot of the trauma or things that we saw or things that happened in detail, but I'll share for the most part, kind of what I went through. Um, but we grew up in Nogales, Arizona, me and my siblings, all three of them. I have an older brother and an older sister. I'm the baby of the family. Uh, my parents got married in their twenties in a, uh, town in Sonora called Cananea. Then they came to Nogales. Um, my dad was very hardworking. He was a very hardworking man, a mechanic. Um, he was very handsome. He was strong. Um, I think he was kind of mysterious and quiet to the outside world. But to my sister and I, he was the sweetest, most loving dad. And I think a lot of my family members, my cousins and people who kind of knew him up close could vouch for this. Um, he was kind of that big bear that big loving bear. He was mysterious, but he loved kids. He loved being around kids. Um, he was so loving with me and my sister. He was very, he would kiss us all the time and hug us and pick us up like babies, even until we were in high school. And my sister's a tall girl, so he would pick her up and she'd have to kind of duck so she wouldn't hit the ceiling. Um, and everybody always thought that was comical. Um, <clears throat> I think he provided in every way possible for us um, economically. We had the house. We had the cars. The family trips. Um, forever. However, I mean, um, for whatever his reasons were or his baggage or his insecurities, he did love alcohol a lot. 
and he pretty much drank every weekend from what I can recall um as as he got older the drinking became more frequent um and he was in my opinion a good dad a really good dad um I I honestly can say I was a daddy's girl um I I truly had a love for my dad and I think about him all the time and I I loved my dad I I really did um but he was a crummy husband um he wasn't the best husband to my mom and as I reached my teens my mom opened up to me about my father's infidelity and that broke my heart he kind of fell off that pedestal I feel like that was the first real trauma I had in my life or or the first load of baggage um as we can call it so from there on my fam- my family kind of slowly began to suffer my dad's um infidelity um and betrayal so fast forward to now I learned that I suffered from what is called cognitive dissonance and basically um Causative, uh, cognitive dissonance is basically a psychological stress. So it's experienced when a person holds two or more contradictory beliefs. So this is usually triggered by a situation in which your beliefs clash with evidence perceived by the person. So the facts contradict your beliefs, your ideals, your values. So, so when we try, so then we find. So then we try to find ways to resolve the contradiction. Um, so in a simple in simple words, if that didn't make sense, my father always made me feel like I was his world. And he made me feel special. He made me feel like I was really loved. And he made me feel like I was the best thing to ever happen to him. But then he would leave for days to go be with his mistress and this caused this internal inconsistency in me it contradicted what i perceived so therefore i looked for other ways to resolve that so this is kind of what um cognitive dissonance is so for example um i like i said i looked for ways to kind of feel better about this to kind of um resolve the contradiction So I look for validation elsewhere through friends. I became this people person and I wanted to party and I wanted to have friends and I wanted to be popular. So this led to being friends with everybody, right? And making friends and just being this people person. It led to parties. It led to alcohol. It led to drugs. And honestly, in my teens, I didn't know any better. So I felt happy. This led to validation, right? Um, what I didn't find at home, I found outside. So I learned to always keep myself and my mind occupied, which ended up disconnecting me from myself, really, in hindsight. So in order to avoid facing my suffering, I repressed the feeling through these relationships. Um, long story short, I ended up in in a long high school relationship, five years, and then that ended and I hopped into another relationship, then another relationship. And because I was 
deep down so afraid, I think, to be alone because that made me face my traumas um, that my father gave me of feeling abandonment and feeling like I wasn't enough. Um, I just kind of kept, I think, bouncing from relationship to relationship so I didn't feel lonely. Um, so this led to me bringing my baggage to my relationships and attracting men that honestly were like my dad because I felt like my dad was there and I loved him and I got that connection in in a sick way. But these men were unemotionally available and they were womanizers and they lied and I'm I guess you I I'm guessing you guys can see the picture now, right? How my childhood trauma affected me. So, if you have been following my podcast, I think um you know about my last heartbreak that just kind of sent me into a really big depression and it made me really dissect myself and rebuild. So, the biggest and hardest thing for me to do in the process was honestly loneliness I was so afraid to be alone and I think I think the fear was one being alone because I was never alone I was always surrounded by people I always covered up um my my insecurities with being happy drinking partying being the party girl and having fun and I I'm not gonna lie I had fun like I I can't I wasn't like this, oh, so depressed at home girl. No, but I was covering a lot of internal baggage that I had. And I think a lot of, like I said, the loneliness that I, I, the loneliness that I feared wasn't loneliness itself, but it was that I didn't want to have a panic attack. I didn't want to have anxiety it was just such a horrible feeling that I was afraid one day I was just gonna hurt myself and I never had like suicidal ideation but I was afraid that I wasn't controlling my anxiety anymore so I didn't want to fall into that so I was just so afraid to be alone because I didn't want to deal with those thoughts my trauma my fear but I was but at the same time I was so tired of being hurt and and letting things validate me, especially men, things validate me that that even like I was just letting men validate me even through shitty behavior, which was so sad, you know. So let me tell you what being alone did for me. So for one, I had to find ways to control my toxic thoughts. So I had to learn, so I learned to meditate, right? Which has been, and I keep telling you guys, and I keep repeating it to you guys, and I'm going to keep repeating it until I see a million familiar faces at my temple. But meditation has been the biggest blessing in my life. And it has really made me better in so many ways, physically, emotionally, spiritually. This is like the top one thing that's always going to be like, this is literally the top thing in this whole process that just I will not give up I will keep talking about it and I will keep pushing it onto people um but loneliness pushed me to meditate so that I could control those toxic thoughts 
Um, being alone has pushed me to face my repressed emotions and look for answers. So I had to look for answers through talks with my mom, a lot of deep talks with my mom, with my sister, um, with friends, um, friends that I trusted that I knew weren't going to judge me and were there for me through the process so that I could understand, um, things that I was feeling, thoughts that I was having, especially like with my mom and my dad. Um, I learned to understand my dad better so that I could turn blame into understanding. And this was big, big healing for me, you guys, because this was the moment where I realized it had nothing to do with me. It was just my dad's upbringing, his truth and my mom's upbringing and her truth. Um, so big, big healing, big, big healing. Um, I also learned to appreciate being alone without crying or feeling scared. And, and those who suffer from anxiety or panic attacks or depression can relate. That's a big fear in loneliness and being alone. I actually began to enjoy sitting and reading a book, having breakfast, like enjoying looking outside the window and nature um, I would sit and read a book on meditation, a book on the brain, an article on psychology. So I was educating myself and adding value to my persona. I learned to be more mindful of the present moment um, instead of letting toxic emotions run my thoughts or my time, really. Loneliness has connected me to myself in ways unimaginable. I've learned so much of what I want in life and what truly turns me on, where I see myself and what people and energies I want in my space. Loneliness has helped me overcome feelings of, of, of loneliness, if that makes sense. Um, I'm less afraid. I'm more strong. I'm less stressed and I'm I'm more calm. I think because we are taught or somewhere through life we adopt this false min- misconception of what makes us happy and we try to live up to these dreams that other people have for us. The career, the money, the bling, the perfect family, the perfect image and instead we disconnect from ourselves we disconnect from what is important to us what makes us happy so ironically um we end up chasing all of that and in the end we we find ourselves unhappy anyways and i'm not saying those things are bad i'm saying i mean if you really want those things go for it if that makes you happy um, but what I'm saying is when we get caught up looking for those things to validate us and we still can't seem to find happiness, that's when when we probably need to ask ourselves, why am I, why am I not happy? Why am I still unhappy? And I see so many people with the perfect career, with um, economical stability, with lots of money. And 
we see them from the outside living the dream, but yet they can't seem to be happy internally. Um, so in order to reap the healing benefits, you need to make some space for yourself. You guys, you need to be alone. Every day, make it a habit to spend some time with yourself. 30 minutes, put down the phone, sit outside, go for a walk, um, read, journal, journal your thoughts. Um, in the silence, pay attention to your feelings, your thoughts, even if your thoughts make you feel uneasy. It's okay. It's okay to feel uneasy, you guys. Learn to deal with those emotions. Um, you may ha- you may have you may you might have um unwanted memories pop up face them face them so you can point out the triggers and find solutions for them create a positive shift meditation breath work dialogue um talk to someone someone that you trust someone that makes you feel good um learn to close the door praying therapy if you guys need counseling if you need someone that that can um help you through those feelings look for it go hiking do art make jewelry make clothing make music um these things will help you stop distracting your mind with superficial things that waste your time and energy and make you feel unworthy unworthy anyways. So through this process of giving yourself alone time, I promise healing will begin. And you will start shifting your mind, your thoughts, and you will experience inner harmony. And feel like you're in a healthier state of being. Solitude does not have to equal loneliness, you guys. Sometimes being alone is what is necessary to tune out distractions and rediscover yourself. And solitude has given me, has given me freedom. I mean, I'm not this person in the dark, you guys. I'm not this like, oh, she's so depressed. And I mean, I obviously have a lot of contact with my friends and my family. But my alone now, it feels good. And I can wisely, I can choose wisely now. I think I'll only accept things in my life that feel sweeter than my solitude, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think I can, I think it feels so good to say that, that I can, that I'll only choose, what did I say? <laughs> That I'll only accept things in my life that feel sweeter than my solitude. It's weird, but it it makes sense to me. Um, Because I was very afraid to be alone. Um, So learn to be alone. Learn that being alone does not mean being unhappy. The world is full of so many interesting things and blessings waiting for you to savor and next time you feel alone and scared think of this you cannot be lonely if you like the person you're alone with that is a quote by Wayne Dyer thank you so much for tuning in 
I wish you a happy week and bliss in your loneliness. The song featured is called um, Me Siento Solo by Adanowski. Uh, love you guys. Chao, pescao.